Okay, now the brethren, the brethren movement that was later became known as the uh, Philadelphia movement. Uh, sorry, as the Plymouth Brethren movement was raised up in England first in Dublin, Ireland, then it transferred to England, and it fulfilled all of the characteristics that all of the spiritual people that wrote about church history could say that they had all the marks of Philadelphia. And they did have all the marks, and and this was from a period of about sometime in the 20s to the 40s. I'd give them to the 50s. I'd say for about 25 years. And they started with a simple Lord's table. No Catholicism, no hocus-pocus, no anything. They just started with a simple Lord's table, loving the Lord in a sweet fellowship. Only a few men, one of them was John Nelson Darby, who would be mightily used of the Lord in later years. He lived to be an old man, and he was a great scholar of the Word. Even has his own translation of the Bible out. But beyond that, he was not only a great scholar, but he had a great heart. And he loved he loved the Lord and he loved man. And he was mightily used of the Lord in Britain and in, all, and in other places on the earth. They were raised up. Uh, and, it, and some of these other people were a part of that, touched them, were friends with these people. But most of them didn't jump in like... like uh, uh, George Mueller, or he, he was close. He he actually was very close to these guys, but he didn't. His burden was the orphanage. I mean, this is how they didn't see the unique move of God on the earth. And these Plymouth brethren were raised up, and they moved to England, and they started. You know what they started to do? They had the Bible in their hands, a fulfillment of what John. Uh, Wycliffe had said centuries ago that he would he, that that his that one day he would see to it that a that a uh, copy of the New Testament was in the hands of every plow boy in England, and it was realized in these days, and all people had a copy of the Word, and they read it, and you know what they did? They just came to came together in houses all over England, and they just started reading the Word and looking to the Lord to teach them what it meant. And right at that time, because their heart was open and pure, they were seeking the Lord, and they were reading the Word. They were getting light, life, revelation. They were just living in a dream. And this went on for nearly 25 years. Home meetings. That was Philadelphia. Hmm. Amazing. It was amazing stuff. And they spread. Their, their influence was spread. They were, the, these men were the greatest men of the word that had ever come along. As uh, the, I mean, any one of them was greater than any of the others that had come before them. One time on a sailing ship going across... Uh, a water. They, some Christians were on a ship, and uh, they had some questions about the Bible, and and they wanted some answers. And they found out that the, the uh, ship's cook down in the galley was was a, a brethren, what they called a brethren, or a Plymouth brethren. And they said, "Well, ask him." And he started to tell them what it meant, and then what this meant, and then what. And finally, he had the whole ship 
un, you know, just under his feet, listening to him expound on the truth of the scriptures. And he was just a cook. But he'd been with all these people who knew the word. And that went on and on and on. And people, uh, men rose up out of these 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 uh, home meetings to be great manifested scholars and, and writers of the uh, and interpreters of the word. And it was really something. This is why Brother Lee says it's not an accident that he spent seven years among these so-called Plymouth brethren while he was in China. They spread throughout the whole earth. They're in your city, in my city. You just they 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 just don't advertise. That was one of their things, and so you don't know where they are. But uh, the main thing is Darby and Benjamin Newton. These two were the main leaders. People like C. H. McIntosh, who wrote volumes on prophecy. Even I have a book of his on the on the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. And I got my hands on that like college days, and I read that. And and uh, to me, the offerings in the Old Testament meant nothing; they were they're gone. Christ replaced everything. Then he comes along and he writes about all the offerings of the Old Testament, not as a reality, but as a type of the coming Christ. And he talks about the peace offering. You know, he talks about the sin offering. He talks about the burnt offering. He talks about all these. And he, and with all their detail, he just says, this is Christ, 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 Christ in this way. And this offering is Christ, 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 Christ in this way. I read all of that and I just, wow. He was too much. Christ. I saw the offerings and, and, and I will say this. In the ministry that I got into later through Brother Nee and Brother Lee, they took these same offerings and they uh, they were a little crooked. They straightened them up, but they, they didn't have that much to do. But then they expanded them and they applied them to our personal life. And it made it something in another realm. It was quite, quite good. Okay, I'm back to Darby and Newton. Um, or sorry, Macintosh. He wrote all that. Pember wrote much on prophecy, as as did C. H. Lane. These guys wrote prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. They got prophecies out of the Bible where you didn't think any prophecies existed. They just found prophets uh, prophecies all over the place, and the fulfillment of all these prophecies was Christ, especially and sometimes the church. It was an amazing thing. But but we have a problem. And that is the two leaders at a certain time in history just simply could not agree on a particular truth that was not even a major truth. It was a minor thing. And one thing led to another, and one, another thing led to another, and finally they just had a great falling out over something minor. I could tell you what it is. You would, you you wouldn't even. I don't think you would get it. It's that it's that silly. They had a great falling out, and that was a split. At that split, they ceased to be Philadelphia, and that split set a precedent to split 
more if you had differing opinions from those that you were with. And so they just began to split. Now they have split into many hundreds, uh, even thousands of different groups. And they're everywhere on the earth, but they do not have the blessing of life. Life is not among them as a whole. I don't mean individually. That's, that's the Lord's doing. But as a whole, life is not among them. And they are there. <laughs> what? Pining away for the glories of the past. But, you know, they, they're the used to be church. Because in Revelation, there are seven churches, and Philadelphia is number six that brings the Lord back. But something happens to number six that makes it fall into number seven, and that's Laodicea. And that's a lukewarm, lifeless church, and that's what happened to the brethren. Now, Philadelphia is still waiting to be picked up by somebody. It's vacant. Okay. Okay. 